0: Flyers Daily with Jason Martinez.
1: It is a Monday edition of Flyers Daily, and every Monday you know who joins us. It is also game day. Flyers in Boston today to take on the Bruins, who, by the way, on home ice this year, how about a record of 21-3? and three. One. One regulation loss all season. Flyers have the work cut out for them. They've won five straight road games and they've won seven of eight. But joining us right now from PhiladelphiaFlyers.com, NHL.com, and HockeyBuzz.com, it is Bill Meltzer. Billy, how are you?
0: I'm doing well. Getting ready for the
1: that rare Monday matinee. Yeah, you don't see this one very often. Yeah. And it almost takes you out of rhythm a little bit in your week, but it's going to be a busy week of hockey. Coming up today against Boston, tomorrow against that nine, Thursday, Chicago, back-to-back game Saturday, Sunday. No rest for the wicked.
0: No, that's uh... – you know, you get, get your rest where you can. Um, not going to be a lot of practice time. Um, you know, I guess they'll get their the rest over the All Star break. But, uh, you know, that, that, that's one thing about hockey, good, you know, for good or, or, or otherwise. And you know, there's always another game right around the corner. There's not, there's not a lot of time to celebrate a win and really not a lot of time to feel sorry for yourself when you lose.
1: Yeah. I mean, go back to that. I guess it was that Toronto game. And I remember saying at the time, well, I'm glad the team is probably going, thank God we play again tomorrow. And they go to Buffalo and they get the 4 nothing shutout. Now they've won three straight. Bill, they've won seven of eight games, five on the road.
0: I didn't see this coming. Did you see this coming? No, I certainly didn't see a home-and-home sweep of Washington. I mean, Washington was 13-3-3 in the previous 19 games at hitting the ones against the Flyers. And I thought, you know, the Flyers can pick off one of those games That'll be nice, you know. Then, then you then you win the home game, and um, I mean, the Flyers were a better team for most of that game for two plus periods. And you know, you, you get you get a little greedy, you know. You, you know what? Let's see them find a way to uh, to, to sweep the home and home, and uh, you know, through through a combination of phenomenal goaltending, a lot a, a lot of determination, blocking shots, and and some opportunistic offense too. They, they found a way to do it. Was was not expecting it, but but uh, you know. Very nice to see.
1: Torts talked about, you know, a team that they're going good right now. They feel good about themselves. They're confident. And when you're confident and things are going well, it's almost like it's easier to make plays. But it can reverse very quickly. And he talked about momentum. I talk about this quite a bit as well in-game. The game's about momentum, getting it, keeping it as long as you can. When you lose it, get it back as quick as you can. But he talked about kind of leaning on this time for when things do get tough again.
0: Uh, that, that's so crucial, because when you when you get into a, a losing spell, um, it really feels like you will never win another game again. And, you know, when when goals were so hard to come by for so long, you know, and now the Flyers have scored three or more, I think in, what, 11 in the last 12, something like that? It, it, it you know, But it, it feels like you're never going to score again, and you're never going to win again. And that's when you can go back to – what were the things you were doing well when you were winning? And that's part of, that's part of an identity. You know, when you, there's going to be ebbs and flows any season. Um, It's not going to always be this way. There'll be other tough times to come. Um, That's that's not being pessimistic or negative. That's just the nature of the game. Um, So when you, when you hit those dry spells and those rough times, you want to you want to be able to get back to just the little things that you were doing well when you were winning, and hopefully you correct the course sooner rather than later. That, that that's towards his hope, and that that's what uh, that's what experience teaches you in watching the game. That that there are always the the cycles, and uh, when the next down cycle hits, you want to be able to you know replicate what you do. You're doing well to, to minimize that time. Yeah, no
1: doubt. Um, One of the guys that's really been a big part of getting things moving in the right direction. This is the fact-finding mission of this season, Bill, finding out not what a couple guys are, not what a group of guys are, but everybody. And, you know, the only guy wearing a letter on his jersey for the Flyers is Scott Lawton. And he's a guy that you look at and the way he plays and the way he approaches being a professional. You go, this is a guy that Torres is going to like. Torts loves him, I think, but he's got five power play goals. Bill, he doesn't have a power play goal before this season in the NHL. You got to go back to his Oshawa days. I imagine he probably has a couple, maybe when he played for the Phantoms for that season, but
0: he's contributing on the power play now as well. Yeah. And that's uh, other than very early in his career. I remember him getting a little bit of uh, PP2 time during his, you know, remember, remember he ultimately ended up going back to the American League for a full year. He had yeah. a stint a stint with the NHL club uh, went back to the American league for a full year to basically change his role a little bit and, and be, be more of a defensive minded penalty killing kind of forward. And, and he embraced that. And from then on, he really was not on the power play again until, till this year. But um, you know, when, when towards referring to him uh, after the second Washington game, you know, he, he called him a utility player. And and, I think maybe Swiss Army Knife was more along the lines of what he was going for just because, you know, when you think utility player, you think of a depth guy, but that yeah. wasn't what he was saying. He was, he was, he was saying that, that he does so many things well, and you can play him in so many different situations. You know, you can play him on wing, you can play him at center. He's played in the top six. He's played in the bottom six. He can do, you know, you can do whatever you need him to do for, for a hockey team. Um, He's always been a little bit of a shorthanded scoring threat. Now, now that he's out there, in tandem with uh, Travis Konecny, they have become a major shorthanded scoring threat. Um, even even when he goes through spells where points are hard to come by, because he's tended he's tended to have hot spells and cold spells offensively. This is one of his most sustained grooves, though. At this point, it's been going for a while. Um, he does he does other things really really well, and whether it's whether it's getting under opponent's skin because he's pretty good at that. Mm-hmm. Um, or in the locker room as a guy who makes everybody feel welcome, feel like they belong. Um, nobody, nobody feels like they can take a day off, you know, a shift off because because he sets a great example. He ne- he never does. Yeah. And that uh, that is that is why he's the only guy who's wearing a letter. That's why he's been a favorite of every coach he's ever had. And and that's why that's why he's a, such a valuable piece for the Flyers. The points are really nice. But there's a lot of other things that, that he does well. Just, uh, just a key piece. Yeah, it's a key reason why they chose to extend him at that trade
1: deadline and not trade him. He's got eight goals in his last 13 games. He's on a heater. You know, Bill, coming into the season, you and I talked about it last week about taking the iPads off the bench and Torts. And and Torts, really, when he says he doesn't care what people think about him, I he some people say that they don't mean it. But Torts, I think, means it. And even for the people that, weren't in favor of the hire. I think what Torts has really done, not only with his actions, obviously, but the way he's kind of described what he's doing and why he's doing it and his transparency, which has been pretty stunning at times, I think has appealed a lot of people's eyes back that this is a coach that's evolved quite a bit. I got a text from a guy the other day. I said, "Um, Torts is, is not just a coach. He's a philosopher. He's a professor. I said, he was a coach when he was in Tampa and he was a coach when he was with the Rangers. But he's emeritus now he's got he's got more degrees, if you will, and he's a very calculated uh guy psychologist in a way, and the psychology
0: of the game and how you deal with athletes. Now for sure I, I I love when when torch is in a talking mood, which is not every day, but when when torch is in a talking mood, he can be very expansive and very philosophical about the game and and about players, um, players in general or specific players. Um, and, and I think people tend to pay attention to the, to the colorful quotes. What I, what I tend to pay attention to is where he really gets to the heart of the matter, uh, of, uh, uh, of how players interact with coaches, how they interact with one another. We were talking about the other day where he really likes seeing his veterans communicating on the bench and in, in the locker room with the younger guys on the team. And he said, that uh players listen to players more than they listen to coaches they they feel sometimes forced to listen to the coach especially when the coach is in their face and and really insistent on something but on a day in and day out basis the the players the, the biggest influences are other players and that was that was, yeah. that was a very yeah. yeah very very astute point um and, and he was and he was also talking you know he was talking about the ipad thing and this wasn't as colorful of a quote but it was was telling he said you know it's not not just players that that he feels over rely on technology Mm -hmm. he said his coaches you know it's right at your feet when you're watching the video you feel compelled to comment on everything and and it's too much information and uh he said as a result it leads to over coaching and he he didn't he didn't say that you know he didn't deny that at times he's been guilty of over coaching it's the, the nature of the beast so you know, I, I think that I think it's one of the ways that he's evolved. Where he talked about how years ago he tried to script out everything, the uh, 200 feet of the ice, and now he's now he's gone pretty much 100 degrees the other way, or just let him play. Yeah. It doesn't mean it doesn't mean you don't correct things that need to be corrected, insistently, <laughs> insistently uh, as necessary. It doesn't mean that you don't hold players accountable, but but it does mean that what he wants to see from players is. Okay, you made a mistake. Now how do you react? And he's not gonna immediately yank a guy back to the bench because of one mistake. And and we saw it last game. I mean, Morgan Frost had just a an egregious turnover. I think he got an assist
1: on that Ovechkin goal.
0: <laughs> he, he could have. He really, he really could have it was a nice really, primary assist on that. I don't I don't know what he was doing, you know, going between his legs uh in the defensive zone like that. And there probably wouldn't have been a time where he wouldn't have, you know, un, under torture that's it. He's not seeing the ice again that night, and maybe yeah. not the next game either. Um, it was it was worrying. Okay, how did he react? And uh, you know, to to the players' credit, he came out and had a made a, a really nice play to redeem himself, and had a good game the rest of the night. Yeah. And that's that's one of the ways that has evolved as a coach. And it's not just with Frost. It's a, it's a lot of players. Konechny. Uh, he yeah. wants to see a compete level, and he wants to see a response when 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 there's a. When something goes wrong, does it snowball or, or does the player react the right way? And he's, uh, he's, he's, he's become much more patient in that regard. And that's, uh, that's part of the evolution of a coach.
1: Yeah, and I think the interesting thing, too, is he mentioned it in regards to Konechny that he just keeps pushing, even if he makes a mistake, keeps trying to push the pace. and Because you, you don't want a player to make a mistake. You get on him for it, and then all of a sudden he becomes really safe in a game because you're not going to get anywhere being safe, you know, and to to Frost's credit, he didn't. And and I think maybe part of it, this really all comes down to self-accountability and this standard that they're trying to build, because Frost knew he made that mistake. You saw the look on his face after Ovechkin put it in. He was like, oh my God, I can't believe I just did that. And he was probably harder on himself. And all that legwork Torts did with Frost earlier this season and being tough on him is paying dividends now because the player's having that accountability. So Bill, this season's been about you know, culture and standard and finding out what guys are. But, you know, there's some key guys not in the lineup, Atkinson and Couturier. But the culture and the standard, to me, have been a huge step forward. It has to sustain for the remainder of the season, whether you're winning games, losing games, or whatever. But the culture and the standard, this needs to, it's not a part-time thing. It's an all-the-time thing. And so far, they've been, you know,
0: 99% of the time, it's been really honest. No, for for sure. Um they've lost their share of games. There'll be there'll be losses to come. Or they're at hockey five hundred now, which is a climb to get there. But one thing you can say is that they haven't uh they haven't cheated the game in one another, you know, almost you know, most of the season. Um that, that game against uh Toronto where they just got smacked, even in even in other losses, that has not generally been the case. Um where where a team just you know, uh, abuses them, you know, they, they, uh, and I'm, I'm talking about abusing them hockey wise, because physically they, that's one of the, that's one of the areas they address too, Flyers were, you know, in, in that area, much better taking care of one another. But, but I, I was talking just in terms of grit and determination and that, that is something that, that, uh, absolutely has become part of a shaping identity. It's a work in progress. Um, You know, going forward, there's an opportunity for improvement. You saw it in the Buffalo game, you saw it in the uh the second game against Washington. When momentum turns against them, they struggle sometimes to to gain equilibrium and and reestablish momentum. Uh sometimes it goes on for the for the remainder of an entire period. So, you know, that that's something that is has been an issue this year. It's an ongoing issue, but You know, it's something they're aware of and and gradually has been improving. So, you know, again, again, everything is a work in progress.
1: No doubt. Let's get to some Twitter questions. Steve tweets in at way out of here pod. Any chance to do do Harry Callus? I'll take it. Uh, He says, what do you both think is the threshold that would change the flyers from buyers to sellers at the trade deadline? And do you think there is any way that shift happens? I don't think there's a chance in God. (laughs) <laughs> that's where I'm at with it. I yeah. think they recognize, you know, they're playing well right now, but they also recognize what they have in expiring contracts, and there's still a lot to learn.
0: Yeah, I, I, I don't think that anything changes the big picture. No delusions of grandeur. No, nor and, 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 should there be. Um, now, I, I I think at maximum, if the Flyers were to go off on another heater, stay on this for a while, play you have the 500 spell get hot again and they're kind of somewhat on the bubble I, I think you might see uh you might see a well do we hold jvr for the rest of this year to get to get whatever benefit we're getting out of him as a locker room guy and the goals and whatever second round pick we would get would it be worth more to just keep him and and see how far we could get this year with him that that might be the maximum kind of kind of change you would see i don't see the flyers writing anybody, I don't, I don't see the Flyers trying to make a, a big, bold move because they, they realize that the contender status is still a way off. Uh, a, lot, a lot of these players who've been stepping up, these younger guys who've been really the crux of a lot of this improvement, you know, they, they still have learning to do. And um, it, it's not going to be all up, up, up. So, you know, or, or as well as Connecting is played, you're not expecting two points a game out of him, you know? I mean, he, you know, he, it's great as he's played and as deserving as he is as a spot on the All-Star team. You know, he's not Mario Lemieux. He's, he's not going to put two points a game over long, long stretches like he did over that 10-game that spell. So I, I think they're going to stay realistic. Um, one, thing, one thing that they, they actually may have the ability to do, which is nice, is you're winning a little bit and um, suddenly the prices go up. Yeah, teams want valuable pieces, and you're able to trade for maybe a little bit more of a position of strength as opposed to taking whatever you can get for somebody. And that's uh, that's a better spot to be in. That's that's one of the ancillary benefits of, of playing better. But I, I don't see any circumstance with the fires. Yeah,
1: I agree. Christopher James tweeted in and said, uh, Hayes looks more defensively responsible lately, I test. He said, is this him being a fixture on the third line towards not wanting to make changes during a hot streak, or is there more he's wanting Hayes to show? Well, I I think part of the reason why he looks better defensively is two things, Bill. A, he's on the wing, so he doesn't have the same level of responsibility, and B, the Flyers are defending way less.
0: Yeah, flyers. Uh, the flyers generally they're breaking out of the zone better. They're forechecking better. Their neutral zone is much, much, much better. Nine entries. Yeah, yeah. So you know, you're you're spending less time working to get out of your zone. Less time having to really, you know, bust your butt in the back check. And and he's done that a few times when he's had to. Yeah. You know, I I, I do think there's been there's been effort. You know, I, I with with Hayes, I think a lot of it is. Uh, learned habits over, over a period of time. And it's not an intent, you know, no intent to try to defy a coach or whatever. It's just the way you get used to playing. And it takes a lot of time and effort to change a lot of those habits. Um, I, I like him. I like him on the wing. I, I questioned it at first. Um, I think if you gave him his druthers, I think he'd still rather be at center. But but it's worked. And anytime, anytime you have some versatility and some options... That that's a positive thing. Um Hayes Hayes was struggling for quite a quite a while, quite a number of weeks. I, I think that in over the course of the this spell where the Flyers have been winning. I mean, he's been an important piece in that. Not just uh you know, we're talking about the defensive side, but he's been producing offensively too. Um and, nice five. yeah, and and by the way, when we were talking about uh Lawton and and, and Hayes just, just now, um interesting little adjustment on the power play where the Lawton unit has kind of become the first unit They They've started most power plays recently mm-hmm. and, and Hayes, the Hayes unit uh, comes out second. Um, and, uh, and now the difference is, I mean, Kinect has been moved to the Lawton unit and D'Angelo is with the Lawton unit, but that that's what's been starting power plays. They've been scoring. So no, no need to get away from that right now. But I, but I think there are, there there's always that carrot and stick with, uh, with Hayes. And I don't expect that to change. And as for, as for third line or, or whatever, I mean, the lines are clicking right now. There, there's not a, there's not a need to make a change right now. Yeah. Um, as we said, they've been scoring lately. So I think that's, that's really, that's more than anything else is the, just the puzzle piece have been fitting together. It's been working lately. So there's not an immediate need to change.
1: Bill, you, since the Kevin Hayes healthy scratch on the 17th of December against the New York Rangers, the Flyers are eight and three. They scored 45 total goals. I mean, they're putting the puck in the net, 31 goals allowed. Uh, they've got seven power play goals, five shorthanded goals. You know, when you make a move, and that was a, a pretty uh, substantial move to scratch Kevin Hayes against his former team and then have to, you brought Justin Braun back in the lineup when I think it was Max Woman or somebody or Zach McEwen was ill and still didn't get back in the lineup. You know, the, yeah. the cause and effect of putting a guy in the press box that it has on, A, that player, and then, B, the team is what's most important. And since then, I mean, 8-3, and three, the record speaks for itself. So th- that's a big part of the, the, the mental part of the game that Torch is figuring when he makes a move like that. Ryan Shiffler tweets, and he says, being six points out of a playoff spot, do you see their strategy of selling off pieces still holding, or does it change anything? We talked about that a little bit, Bill. But another guy tweeted in and, and brought this up. Um, you know, when you look at the Flyers and, and some of the guys that may get a game this year, Greg Williams says, how good can the Flyers be next year with Coots Atkinson and the possible additions of Forster, Lixell, Denwaye, Brink, Adder, Zamula, and et etc. I mean, that's a lot of change. And Spider, 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 28 also said, which one of those guys do you think will get into the lineup this year? You know, it's all going to depend on, obviously, injuries and what pieces, if they sell pieces off of the deadline, that open up roster spots. But you watch a lot of Phantoms, how those guys look. And I know Brink has only got a couple games under his belt and got off to a good start, but Denway, Forster, Adder, and those guys.
0: Yeah, well, we'll we'll start with Brink. Um, he's, He's been back for four games now. You know, when a guy comes off of hip surgery or any major surgery and misses a lot of time, quite often there's an adrenaline rush when they first come back. And uh, you, you saw that with Brink. They, they wisely uh, sat him the second game of a back-to-back right off the hop. They didn't want to have him go back-to-back immediately. Um, he scored goals in the first two games. This past weekend, uh, the last two games were a bit of a struggle for him, and that's, that's normal. Yep. Um, and this, particularly the second game of the B2B, the first time he had, first time he had to play one, it was, it was tough for him. I, I think it's going to take Brink a while. Um, and that's normal again coming off of the major surgery he had no training camp um had no season so he's he's trying to play catch up for a lot of the rest of this year so they're not they're not going to rush him um I, I think with forster they like a lot of things that he's doing um just just had a two-goal game the other night including a nice breakaway goal heading to the um, all-star game he's going to the all-star game for his first Phantoms rookie since frost to do it um so he's definitely making progress. Um, he's gotten physically stronger. He, he's heavier on pucks. He's doing a lot of things they want, and and, and he's working on his two hundred foot game. Um, not infallible there, but he's he's making strides. There's not a need to rush him. Um, if the Flyers, maybe late in the season, maybe be the end of the season, a couple games at the end of the year, um, you, you you could see him. But again, there's there's no need no need to rush the player. Uh, Denoye is really interesting because he's 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 that uh, Swiss Army knife kind of a player. I think ultimately is what he's going to be, and I, it's nice to see him scoring as a rookie with the Phantoms. Um, you, you saw in the World Juniors that he played in the fourth line, but when there were injuries, they moved him up. Um, he might be that kind of a player, and uh, I, I think if there's any injuries in the bottom six. You could see him you could see him come up um you know when, when in, in a way lucas said like going back home um may line things up a little bit for for elliot because when there when there is an injury in the bottom of the line maybe he maybe he is the guy who who comes up um i i think i think with uh the, they took a look at zamula he still has consistency issues He still has to get a little bit physically stronger. He's been a little inconsistent for the phantoms too. Um, sure. Certainly he could come up, but with the way that that York has just taken and run with it. Yeah. You know, York York has jumped over him again in the, uh, in the the NHL, uh, pecking order, which is long term. What you're hoping to see anyway. Um, maybe maybe a year from now, you know, I, I, Braun's only back for one year here. Um, in a long term, maybe a guy can unseat Steeler, Steeler who's played well, incidentally. Steeler's yeah. actually played really well in, in the role that he has for the team. Um, and I think – I mean, you'll see Adder again, I think, at some point. Mm-hmm. Um, they like him. They like him quite a bit. Um, love his attitude. Like him as a power play guy. They've, they've, they've really tried to have him I, – I would say overhaul, but refine his game. Um as we saw late last season, he's kind of a rover out there, um, and uh, you know, Torch doesn't mind that, but uh, sometimes he roves in the D zone, and that's a no-no. Yeah. Uh, that, that so I, I think that uh, I, I think that more more likely next year, Seattle get get a good shot at coming back up, and uh, I mean, other than that, uh, you know, the only other guy you might see is if Gautier signs this year. And and incidentally, there's no crime, in if he spends the second year in college, so not oh,
1: Yeah,
0: <laughs> so you know, I I mean, I, I think I think there's a chance. I don't think you're going to see all those guys in the lineup last year. Think, I mean, the Flyers just just broke in a lot of uh, guys in their early 20s this year, right? And uh, now, and there's still there's still a long process, but I think you'll see one player worked in, maybe two players worked in over the course of a season, and they're going to have to earn it too. So yeah. that's, uh, so, you know, I, I don't think you're going to immediately, even necessarily this year, see a bunch of those guys, just, just have them keep moving forward. I mean, it, it's been, uh, it, it's actually, actually a lot of these guys are progressing. A few aren't, you know, we, we don't talk about Isaac Ratcliffe anymore. Uh, and, and he's been a healthy scratch for the Phantoms for a while. That's That's wow. been a disappointment, but uh, I think, I think all in all, these young players are doing what you want, what you'd like to see them do. And that's uh, that's, that's one of the hidden positives. Of season.
1: No doubt. Uh, Andreas Lindale says, stupid question. When you talk about the West Coast trip, you call it Disney on ice. Why? That's because they go on that West Coast trip because they can't use the home building because Disney on ice comes in at that same week every year. So we're educating on that as well. So." Uh, not a stupid question. If you don't know the answers, then that's fine. Um, one more here, Bill. I think this is an interesting one. I'm certainly going to have an opinion on this. Well, let me get to this one first. Evil Gritty says, why isn't Tortorella named Connecting the Captain yet? Is he waiting for Ellis to get healthy and staying an Evil Gritty character? Well done. Uh, but Ashton Rubio tweets in and says, as a goal yourself, referring to me, uh, what's your favorite aspect of Hart's game and Erson's game? And how do they differ from each other? I think they're start very different goaltenders um, in the way they approach their depth, the way that they, they move. Both are very fluid and efficient bill. Um, Hart obviously is, is kind of, you know, with price out of the league, one of the poster boys for technical uh, movements of goaltending efficiency and movement and getting to your spot. He's added that compete level to his game, which is what I really like. I I like to say like this, like, He's added, he's got the structure of price, but he's added some of the compete of Jonathan quick. And I think that's a great combination for him because I think he's athletic enough to do it as well. Um, and then obviously the part that we love about Carter is the mental game. I think is just superb. Sam Harrison, uh, on the other hand too, I think the mental, I, I don't know a ton yet. We haven't seen a ton yet. I haven't seen tendencies or areas where I go, Oh, okay. Post integration on his blocker side might be an issue. He's got a, you know, do a tweak there. But I love his mental approach and his calm demeanor. And I was talking to Kim Dillaball at the, I think it was the Washington game the other night, Flyers goaltending coach. And he said, the thing about him is he's got a little swagger. Yeah. You know, th- there's swagger and then there's like overly cocky. And he said, I'd rather pull a guy back than have to push him to have swagger. Cause that's hard to do to push a guy to have confidence in the swagger. But he said, Ayrson's got a little bit of that swagger. And that is an important thing for a goaltender.
0: No doubt, and and an example of that is, you know, he'll challenge you. Hey, beat me over the glove. And then he'll snap it out of the in air. With the glove. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I mean that that that's one of those ways. There's that uh, you know high degree of self confidence, and 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 it's a good that that is a good thing. You know, it's not not showing anybody up. It's it's just you know it's confidence in himself, and um, you know, I, and he's it's very early. But he's shown some mental toughness too. Think think about uh his debut game. And that went I mean, first shot he saw went in the net. And before he knew it, four pucks were behind him. And um, you know, he had to come back in the game after their heart got hurt, and that's uh that's a real, real tough, you know, real real tough roller coaster of emotions. And he let another goal in that game. Uh that was a, that was about as much adversity as a player could see in his first game, right? And uh he handled it. Um, there have been other games where early on, uh, uh, Stunn's gotten behind him and hit the post, and did nothing, nothing. He seems pretty unflappable, um, and that was his reputation in Sweden too. Mm-hmm. Uh, early this season with the Phantoms, if I had any quibble, uh, but but remember he missed most of the last year. Yeah. So, you know, early this season I thought he had a tendency to fade in third periods a little bit. Has not. Has not been the case over the last two and a half months, though, and I think that was just a matter of getting getting his timing, getting his condition, getting his stamina back up, and and so that that hasn't been that really hasn't been an issue. I mean, he he looks he looks like a young NHL goalie, um, and uh, even even if he's not ready to be a number one guy, he looks like a guy who, as he develops, could be could compete for a number one, hopefully. You know, and that that's good. It, it's good when it's good when players push one another. You know, I, I know there are some people, and I've I've talked to some Flyers alumni who question, can can Carter handle if there's competition? Um, I you know I I haven't seen that. I I haven't seen that he he can't handle if there's some competition. He played but, for but Team was, Canada. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, exactly, exactly. And you know, I mean, uh, I mean, a couple of years ago, he he was the one. He's the one who wanted to see Cam Talbot brought in. It didn't end up working out. Yeah. But if, if he's afraid of competition, you know, I, I, just, I, I don't know. I think sometimes, sometimes people look for things to criticize. But, uh, I, I mean, I, I, love, I love his basic mental approach. And whether that's one of the, one of the areas that I think he's grown the most too. Because I yeah. do think there was, a, there was a time earlier in his career, something would get in the short side or some kind of fluky goal would happen. And it would still be in his mind a little bit. And yeah. well, I, I actually think he's he's really he's, he's really got on top of that. He refocuses immediately. And that's yeah. been uh, you know, and it's and it, it's not always it's not always about stats, as we talked about the other day. I mean last game against Washington, thirty nine saves and forty shots, and he had to stand on his head in that third period.
1: Yeah, nineteen shots went, in the third.
0: <laughs> yeah. 19 and 19 in the third, exactly. That, that, and all of a sudden, if that gets to three to two, just, uh, mm-hmm. you know, ooh, a re- really white-knuckle time. You know, um, the game before that, 26 saves and 29 shots, but time, timely saves, the breakaway save on, on Ovechkin, And in the third period, there were a couple of scrambles when they had a chance to tie it a- ahead of the empty net goal that, that put it away. So that's, uh, you know, those, those are all the physical, all the mental things you want to see from a goalie for the, for the first time in a long, long time. Um, The Flyers goaltending seems to be both at the NHL level and in terms of organizational depth in pretty good shape. I mean, I'm not, I'm not writing off Sandstrom yet, but they have a really good prospect in Russia and Kolosov who's already in his third year in in the KHL. He's only 21 years old. And he's one of the better goalies in that league, which is pretty darn good league so there are options there's depth and that's uh you know that, that that's where you want to be you, uh, that's uh ultimately ultimately you don't want to hold your breath every every time oh, oh god goodness we're, we're one we're, we're one injury away from fucking somebody off of waivers and crossing our fingers.
1: cal Pickard. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> to, to put a name to a yes <laughs> yeah sorry cal um I'll go Mike McKenna. Mike Mike's a good guy, too. Um, Hart 12-1-1 one one when he sees 40 shots or more this season. That's amazing. Uh, Flyer, you may see a lot today if he gets to start against the Bruins because that is a potent team. Uh, matinee hockey today against Boston. We'll see if the Flyers can keep it going on the road. They'll be back on Tuesday at Wells Fargo Center to take on Anaheim. Great stuff from Bill, as always. Read his work at PhiladelphiaFlyers.com and HL.com. HockeyBuzz.com. We'll break down Flyer Bruins tomorrow. We'll preview Flyer Ducks tomorrow as well. So it's going to be a busy week of hockey. Keep it right here and join us every day on Flyers Daily.